Welcome into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and Frank the Tank Baraska, who, by the way, made his television debut just before our show on uh, yeah. the Raptors uh, with uh, the boys. You see, we dropped the ball by not having a player of the game thing. They got the chain, the Raptors chain. Yeah. We should really have something. I don't like a belt or a helmet or something. Really? Well, will that help our morale? Does it bring us? <laughs> does it? Would that bond us? I will say that my beer league team has like a hard, a hard hat, mm-hmm. like a yellow one with like our logo on the front of it. Yeah. And when you get that, it feels pretty good. It does. <laughs> You haven't experienced yeah, I, it yet. I actually won it last time. No. I own it. I, it's in my we're, possession right now. You've won it? I've won it a couple times, but yeah. We're just three people. You can bad. only give it to Brandeo that often. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. Great, great observation. <laughs> yeah, great observation. We're glad you're aboard here on our Off the Rails Friday. Wherever you're watching or listening on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 p.m. And wherever you get your podcast. And remember on Friday, especially Fridays, we want to hear from you. Text us at 590-590. We'll read them today in our final segment. Great show, of course, which means Doug McLean in about an hour. He has got so much because we didn't get him on last week because we had a condensed one-hour show based on Black Friday. Black Friday. Chicago Blackhawks. So you know he's got all this pent-up frustration so we're just gonna say welcome doug mcclain in the second hour and then why don't we go to the calf or something yeah. and grab a bite to eat and let him roll let him roll all right take good. over for about 10 or 15 I minutes think he can win the nyes argument that we thought we won one day <laughs> yeah. hey before we get into it i love listening to you when i'm on uh <laughs> The 2024 Rogers NHL All-Star Game will be expanded to a three-day event with the NHL All-Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year honoring the 1967 Maple Leafs, and the Canadian Tire PWHL 3-on-3 Showcase. Tickets to the All-Star Thursday go on sale Tuesday, December 5th at 10 a.m. on Ticketmaster. You can catch the action, including the NHL Rogers All-Star Game on Sportsnet, fellas. So that's coming up soon. I believe that would be Tuesday, right? So there you go. Next Tuesday's tickets go on sale. Okay, in about 30 minutes, we're going to welcome in former NHL defenseman and radio analyst for the Boston Bruins, Bobby Beers, will join us, and we'll tee up uh, that game. Uh, But... We got a lot of work to do between now and then because uh, once again, we're going to follow up Tuesday's shootout win against the Florida Panthers with a Seattle Kraken shootout win. Yeah. You know how we take texts on Fridays? Again, text us at 590-590. Uh, shout out to Matt Whitaker, who's a regular uh, listener of the show, a listener of the show, if <laughs> He's you will. He's a, a regular Whitaker. Yeah, he is. Uh, he says, boys, there's much to be concerned about, but the Buds have six regulation losses in 21 games, have killed eight, 18 straight penalties. Mitch scored a Hattie, and they're getting points while not at their best. It could be so much worse. Please discuss. I thought I'd come up with a positive vibe. Glass half full there's, there. There's some liquid in the glass. So do not bring that same... Tuesday <laughs> slash Wednesday crap. I read that preemptively because I know what I have to say about last night, and it's not all Does it make positivity. you feel better that at least the first period felt a lot better than the first period against Florida? And we'll get into the, the, the second and the third period where they many of them, including their best players, not Mitch Marner. Went to sleep. I was going to say... 
got schooled, got absolutely destroyed, crushed. Oh, jeez. Hey, you're the analytics guys. Yeah. You tell me what the numbers were because the numbers were not pretty. No. But it, it started well in the in the first period. I mean, not to come out of the gate incredibly uh, cynical. Nah, just have at it. I mean, I would hope so. The Seattle, they're not the Florida Panthers boys. No. They're a team that you can kind of, I thought the Leafs look like the bigger, stronger team. They're able to push them around a little bit. They're not like a team that's going to look you in the eye and go toe-to-toe with you like the Florida Panthers. Like, just to me, like, you should be dominating them in the first period and the second period and even the third period because yeah. they're not very good. And the fact that's what hurts my Anyway, sorry to be so cynical. Right no, that's all right. Okay, that's gonna, how I feel. Uh, I'm going to put the brakes on it for a little while. Okay, here we and go. And it's my fault because I, I should have steered this right to the a, a better vibe. So let's start with the, the best vibe of the night. Okay. Okay, Mitch Marner. Yeah, it was good. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everybody that was ready to run him out of town. Yeah. I, I don't know how they feel today. All they have are to they, do is are they Mitch Marner lovers player, John again. Tavares, and he's back. <laughs> he's back, baby. He was unbelievable last night. He was the best player in the rink. He might have been best player in the league last night. Just, I'm not even being sarcastic. He was so good. Last just night. the confidence, the yeah. body language, the sh- even the 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 feel of his shootout winner. Yeah. And the edge work that, I don't know, if he misses, maybe you tell me he's too cocky coming down the ice a little bit. But it, it worked, and it just, I think it it reinforced how he's been the, the, the guy that drives the team. Well, then we should have given him more heat for the team not driving anywhere it, prior to now. Oh, no, he did get a lot of heat. Yeah. He did. The, uh, yeah, it, it's... You know, one interesting thing, and this is, I wrote an article today. One of the things that stood out to me um, was the Leafs, the, the number one, and I'm not saying his success was due to playing with Tavares, with Tavares last night, but Tavares has actually been better than I think we've given him credit for in this show. And one of the things, he's first in the NHL in puck battles one. The, the top five is like him, and it's Ryan O'Reilly and, you know, the type of guys you would think of as good, like, puck battlers. So certainly a couple of his goals last night, Tavares makes a good play, and that helps him out a little bit. And also, I think, points the finger at Austin Matthews that Matthews hadn't been helping out Marner all that much either. So different look for Marner. He gets more pucks, finishes a few. Just to touch uh, or at least follow up on his Tavares comment, uh, you put out a, a tweet on Tavares late in the first oh, yeah. Uh, who got smoked? Bertuzzi? Bertuzzi kind of got cross-checked in what looked like the face in real time, but he just kind of got him up here. And it, yeah, he it was a big hit. It was a, it was a greasy but good hit. Took him off his feet. Guy got penalized for it. And then Tavares, unlike I've ever seen him do, just came flying in. Yeah. And who was it that he got? Number three? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, Borgen. Will Borgen, Borgen. Yeah, just laid him out. So I, I was out. at the game. Oh, you were? Yeah, I went to the game. Uh, in the alumni box. And so you know what kind of view we got there. Yes. And it's the first thing I noticed as well. Mm -hmm. And I had to look twice and it was Tavares. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah. Loved. Yeah. And you just said it. You never see it. Never see it. And like just a little bit more of that. Yeah. that can kind of move around the, the core four gives the team a different vibe. But it's clear that it, 
it's it's an act that isn't necessarily a natural one for him. Mm-hmm. So, did you see Matthews at all last night getting in scrums a bit too? Like, I wonder if they their coach had a talking to or whatever. They've had some some collective. I hope they read my article. Some come to Jesus, like, hey, maybe we should kind of hang around some of these piles a bit and stand up for one another. It's not easy. And listen, I'm going to nitpick a little bit here. Oh boy, here I we am. Go. Here I we am. go. Because I've lived it. I know what it's like to be on a team that is close and protective Mm -hmm. and stick together. Now, I give Tavares full credit for what we're just talking about, but I'm going to nitpick here. After he smoked who? Borgen, Will Borgen. Borgen, Borgen, Borgen. Borgen. Just (laughs) stay there. Don't. I can't leave. say I didn't think the same thing. Don't leave. I thought it actually worked in his Don't favor that Morgan didn't go back at him. the scene of the crime. You're the captain. You hit the guy. Within a split second, he backed off out of there, and there must have there might have been 15,000 people that would have said, who was that? Well, I don't know. I can't tell. If he just stays in there mm-hmm. and just looks somebody in the eye and just says, you know, you know, a little scratch of the forehead with the middle finger or an FU or something, it's way better effect. Yeah. It's better. And it just doesn't come naturally to him. But I'll, I'll take what we yeah, saw last exactly. night out of him. But Love it's, it. It's, but, it's whoa, what you got to learn to stick together. And that is, if you're going to go in there, John, if, if you're going to make that statement, mm-hmm. take it in all the way, bud. Yeah. Wait wait for the cavalry to come in, get a scrum, tell somebody not on my watch and you can't come into our barn and do that and it's so bad for your buck. I think there was a moment when that happened where he kind of stopped and he looked and there was just no reaction to it yeah, at all. Yeah, Morgan didn't go back at him no at all. No one went out, no yeah. one went at anyone. Yeah. It was just kind of like it was a maybe moment. everybody was just in shock. I that's what honestly I think he was in shock. He's like, "What did I just do?" And he ran this guy into the board <laughs> semi greasily. Like I think he was so, sort of. But surprised it was a good moment it. for him. Semi greasily is awesome. Semi greasily, yeah, yeah, I like that. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, I'm the stats guy or whatever. So I did pull up the lines last night. That Matthews line last night got caved in. Holy smokes! Second and third period. They actually looked okay in the first, right? They were moving yeah. it. There were a couple drop passes. We saw some some skilled plays. Yeah, if you like, uh, you know, shot attempts, they had four shot attempts, four and 16 against. Um, the Tavares line was 12, four and five against. You know, expected goals, they were at 20%. Tavares line at 80%, that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah there's uh, Matthew's just. What's going on? What do we I, think? So I wrote about him today. Uh, honest question. So the, the theme of my article today was that I looked back the past three seasons, his 60-goal season last year and this year. Two years ago, there was a 60-goal season. He's first in the NHL in um, the portion of his shifts that are in the O-zone. He's in the O-zone for more than any other player in the league when, you know, when he's out there. Last year, it's like, I don't know, forget what it was, not like 70th or 45th, and then this year it's 145th. Like he's way, way down. So is it the team is it the defenseman? Marner's the same way. Marner's 178th in the league in this category. They have not, now that, you know, he's, Marner had a great night last night, but on the year, they just haven't looked like. They're not spending any time in the offensive zone. None. That's the bottom line. And if you're like a team that's going to be top heavy, you need the top to be heavy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I, I was trying to come up with answers, listen, and I'm struggling. You, you know, anytime 
teams play the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're going to spend 15 minutes in a team meeting, I mean, the majority of it's going to be yeah. circling number 34 and number 16. Yeah, but that and shouldn't matter. No, it does matter. But they're because they're they're, they're finding different ways to stop you, and it's up to 34 to find different ways to to go against that. I just feel like they would have been doing that two years ago. He's not. He's he's still looking the same way to try to be successful, and you got to constantly reinvent yourself. Yeah, I had the theories in my article are like, okay, so the the D are not as good, so they don't move the puck out or break it. That's same for all the Leafs, right? That would affect everyone that their D are not as good. But also, they don't forecheck as well. You know, we talked in the show about them not having a forechecking line mate. You know, is it conditioning? Is it, you know, could they lose puck recoveries? I don't know. I just, anyway, there's something up there and that just, they need to start there just, to figure out yeah, their problems. I, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of parts to his game that he should start really focusing on. And putting the puck in the net shouldn't be his top priority. In nine games, though, even strength goal kip. It's a pretty big priority. No, but he's still... <laughs> He, needs to he, yeah. he still finds a way to like either cheat or uh, be on an occasion the wrong side of the puck. His shifts are too long. I don't know if you – how long was he in on the three-on-three? Three? Like there were times when he had the puck and we see any other star player, and Mitch is really probably the best out of this out of anybody three-on-three, three, but they'll take it back. And they'll regroup and they'll change. This guy wants to stay out there one more time, one more time. And it's like, what? For what? To get your goal? Yeah, probably. That'd be it. Yeah, yeah but that no would, good. I would agree. No <laughs> good. Well, I think three on three is not hockey. So I'm not going to kill him for no, the three no, no, on three. No, no, no. It's a byproduct of everything else. For sure. That where you are on the details, the smaller details. And right now, I don't think he's spending enough time on them. So I think there are stretches throughout a lot of his good seasons where he's had pretty long slumps for sure and i think i think i think, I think yeah you know this the term streaky which you like to use a lot for for matthews is kind of similar to any hockey player really like most hockey players are pretty streaky in terms of getting hot and not or whatever but like this one just feels different than a lot of other slumps where it's he just doesn't he, have doesn't, the puck. he doesn't have the puck just feels a lot less notable no noticeable so i'm not really sure what's going like is it that so we're, is we're, it, is we're, it the regular season that he doesn't what are he knows will be there? I don't know what it is. What do we need to see when he's not scoring to be more noticeable? No, I need to see him score. I need to see him score. Yeah, it's certainly a big part of it. Big, but it's I mean, it's a huge that's how they win. They need him to score. You know, he's first in the NHL in stick check takeaways. He's doubled his body checks per game. Now listen, he's doubled his hits per game from last year. Two point three last year's at four point six this year. He's still first in the league in block shots. Like he's or he's, uh, sorry, he's sixth this year. So he blocks shots, takeaways, takes away pucks, throws the body. <clears throat> like he, where, where is he in takeaways now? First. In the league? First in the league in stick check. Stick okay. check takeaways. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> what the? That's, well, you'd rather him. Like, no, it's fine. It's but really I don't good. Know. I, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay, it's good when you're winning and you're <laughs> playing well and you're scoring. But they are winning. Right? They are winning. They're not winning. They're winning. They're no, not I winning. Kip, they're not winning. They're not winning. <laughs> Give me, okay, two points. Giving up. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. They have ended up with a W right. in the they're column. They're winning. They're they, winning. Two games in a row, in fact. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they're not winning. Joseph Wall is winning. Yeah, he's been good. Okay. No, he's, he's been, been it, Sammy. Yeah. He's been it. For sure. He's the real deal Holyfield, okay. huh? Listen, like... I agree wholeheartedly that they don't look very good. 
Like, there's just no way to sit here and tell you that they do. But to the point off the top of the show, that while they're sucking and not looking good, they are yes. still managing to win games, which they're not what the Oilers were a week Listen, ago. I, right? I, they're not I, what the Flames I, were I, a week ago. I told you guys right from the get-go that they will, getting points for this team will not be a problem to get them to the dance. Which is? Which you guys kind of right. paused a quibble, little bit the week that, ago. But, okay. but I, I would that's still... not what this is about from here on end. It's just about getting yourself best prepared to look different to win three rounds. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it'd be really amazing if they did that. But it's hard to believe after there's been a lot of evidence of them not doing that. I know. So. You know, one thing that stands out to me last night is, like, we were texting Sammy, I think he was, like, after the second when they were up 3-1. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like one of those nights they were going to win 8-1. Mm-hmm. Like, they were just they're such a better team. Seattle's not physical in any way that should intimidate them. They're not as talented in any way. Like, it just felt the Leafs are at home. Marner had a cut, had a cut three at that point. It just felt like they were going to run away but, with but, it. They, yeah, and then they started working harder than the Leafs. Yeah, that's probably it. I, I don't know. It's just this year... They haven't had those games where you're like, you can really just take the foot off the gas and say, it's up 5-1, we're just going to run this out. I've never in, like, what, five, six years have seen a team spend a minute and a half or two minutes in their own zone and not touch the puck. Like, there were long stretches against Florida and there were long stretches against Seattle where they can't touch the puck. And if they had it, they lost it. I know they're in their own end. They can't. They don't break it out the same. The they are spending way more time. The numbers bear it out. Kept they're in their own zone a, zone a ton. Okay, let's go so to Sheldon. You, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's go to Sheldon. Keep for our first Kippers Clipper uh, one on uh, what's it going to take to win a regulation game. I'm sure thinking about it too much. You know, we've been in this situation a lot, getting asked about it every single day, um, and for good reason. We're getting asked about it, right? Because you know we we. We haven't found a way to get on the right side of these things, but the other day, this is a really hard league to get points in. And just look before I came in to talk to you fine folks, and I think there's 23 teams below us in the standings right now. And we haven't played our best hockey, so we're in a pretty good place while we continue to work through the things that we have to improve upon. And the points that we've accumulated to this point, they're not nothing. They were doing okay. Oh, don't follow that Jesus. clip with that. <laughs> oh, that shook me up. I, I think Sheldon said all the right things there. Like, you know, we haven't played well. The points are buying us time to sort these, these things Seven, out. two, and one. There's only the Rangers... L.A. Ten games. Ten oh, games. Ten, yeah. I think okay. only the Rangers are better, and they're right there with the Kings and the Capitals as Let me go to our seven, two, and one. Hypersonic secret group so, chat no one can ever find. But it just, it really doesn't match up with the optics of what you've watched the last little while. How much of it is just, you know, with Matthews and Marner and the lull with Nylander, and is it fatigue? Like, they're being leaned on so much, especially with some of these top guys in defense, too. They blow a two-goal lead last night with Brody's on the ice room. It's like they're being leaned on so hard. Wow. It's like night after night. They're going to – they've played 10 extra yeah. periods. Uh, 
the, they're playing a lot of hockey. The the three two goal by Seattle was uh, Toivonen. Yeah, where Camp lets Holden him walk in. in off the wall, and then he goes inside on Riley and shoots. Yeah, in. and like I'm watching Riley, and there's Riley a, does that. He sags deep. He does sag deep, but there's also Riley playing 30 minutes. Yeah. two nights ago, and I don't know what he finished with, but to maybe Sammy's point a little bit, like, come on, he, he, Morgan can't play 30 minutes, and you yeah. can't expect him to be your best defenseman every night but is that or a at the top with, of his game. Is that a theory with Matthews, with Marner, about how much, like, I mean, how many forwards in the league play more than them? The one, the one thing, they're, I think they're 8th and ninth in the NHL. In and forwards? forwards to UI. Really? Yeah, they've dropped quite a bit. Interesting. Um, I actually looked today. The, okay, well, there you go. Thank you, sir. Um, the, the other thing that stands out to me, so wanted to give Tavares a little bit of love as someone who's winning a lot of pucks and yeah, making yeah. his line better. Tyler Bertuzzi has um, carried the expect the line he's been on has carried the expected goals for nine straight games or something like that. Like his line has been the best line the Leafs have had for a good run here, and I really think that that is noteworthy too. Is that that has helped the Leafs get by? The Leafs are seven three and two in their last twelve. Only two of them in regulation. Those wins. Yeah. But Bertuzzi's been a huge reason they're getting points out of these games, even though he's not getting yeah. a ton of points. He's not time. getting a ton of points and. You assume that maybe he can get on a run at some point, but right now he probably isn't projected to have more than maybe a 40-point season, maybe 20 goals. Could he be and, cheap for the Leafs? And that's not that's not going to get him 5.5 million times five. I bet if the Leafs went to him right now and said, you know, made him an offer, it would they could... Could they get him by low right now? Because the underlying numbers are good on, on Bertuzzi. I wonder if they could get I'm him. I'm sure he knows that. Yeah. I'm sure his agent probably you, has a pretty good idea. It's just random radio hosts. <laughs> more information I than his I suck at hockey. Your <laughs> yeah. agent's like, you better take this tiny deal. <laughs> yeah. True. All good right. Um, do you want to hear uh, Sheldon talk about Mitch Marner? Yeah. All right. Do it. Let's go. He's back. He looks confident uh, to me. Um, played with authority. Obviously, two two power play goals. Going to get him get him going. And, but that, that's just... To me, that's part of it. You know, when you're when you're feeling it, all of a sudden it starts to come to you. Um, you know, breakaway goal for him like that's vintage Mitch Marner. You know, breaking breaking away like that and capitalizing and uh, and again authority in the shootout. So that's a great sign for us. Yeah, agreed. I I wonder if with Mitch, if he just felt a little bit. Um, of the effect of Willie Nylander having so much success that it made him start thinking about, like, where is this all heading? Interesting, yeah. I like, just, in it, terms it, of, like, is one of us going? I can't hey. imagine, and I, I tell people this all the time, you know, in my era, when a guy would walk in the door and I'll never forget when Luke Robitaille signed, I don't know, a $22, $23 million contract with the New York Rangers, how excited we were for him and how we forced, guilted him into a, a big lunch that day and, and just hope. all of that. And then and then there's this new era with these kids today and they do the math in their heads and they, they're happy for their teammates, but it's the first thought in their head isn't, I'm really happy for you, it's, how how is this going to affect me? And well, yeah, because I, 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 you're I, dividing up a pie instead of there being and a, with, a with, bakery. With Willie going from. from this this guy to you know has all the uh, 
potential in the world to be a, a star to people saying now he's arrived, he is a star, and the Leafs, what are you going to pay $11, $12 million for him? And I'm just wondering if, if there's a part of him that said, am I going to be the odd man out soon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's possible. He does seem, you know, he's aware of the market and, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but just in tune to... I think he's more emotional than, or at least he's got that... that that sensitive, sensitive, sensitive emotion yeah. that I think the others don't have. Yeah, or it, they don't. They don't show it as much because even his body language. And Kelly Rudy uh, last Saturday talked about uh, you know how he sagged a little bit if the puck didn't go his way. Yeah. And he just he seems to wear things a lot more than the other guys. I've seen the sentiment a few places in Leafs Twitter. It's Jeff Viet and Steve Dangle talking about how Mitch Marner is a guy who doesn't not care. He's a guy who cares almost too much, and I think that's a good point that you can't care less when you sincerely care the way someone who grew up in this market and has always kind of coveted the Leafs, you can't turn that off, the amount he cares. So when it's going well, you know, you're on top of the world. And when it's not, I can see it being hard. Okay, so Willie leaves Sweden as one of the greatest superstars that ever walked the planet for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And now he's had a couple of down games, and Mitch is back up again. If I asked you to pick one guy to keep and one guy to get rid of, who would you pick? We all, for the record, kid, we all said Marner. Did you? Even you're, yeah, you're we, still, even, even still when he was at the same money, yeah. But even when he was hot, Willie, we all said Marner. The uh, right, didn't we? Yeah, I, I said so. Marner. You said Marner. I said Marner. Yeah. The crazy thing right now is how much you know. Nylander's has been like at times a 16, 17, 18 minute guy for the Leafs. His last. Five games are 23, 22, 26, 25, 23 and a half minutes. Wow. Like they're using him in yeah, a way. But there was times when it, when it was. And if you look at some double shifts over the last 10 days, two weeks, most often Sheldon would pick Willie to play with the third or fourth line than Mitch or anyone mm-hmm. else. He, he, he bumped Willie up. Yeah. So he came probably at the expense of, uh, of Mitch Marner's minutes too in the last. 10 days, Which two weeks. Which you would like, I would think, right? Typically think he plays too much, and that's... Yeah, and I thought, you know, up until the last three games, Willie was worthy of that. Yeah. To the point where it's like, if there's a guy on this team that you want out there to get a goal, you're probably going to go to Willie. But boy, like that line, but, you know, Willie's cooled off, Matthews doesn't have the pop, and Nyes is just struggling. Is he not? Like, I've been saying it for a week no, now. Was and... it uh, the drop pass late in the third? I yeah. think he, I think they stopped using him after he that. He didn't go back out. Yeah. That was Yarn Croc started playing on that line, which I, I bet that happens next game. I don't think I don't think Nas will stay on that line. You, you guys know how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, too much, I'm too a, soon. I'm a huge fan. Same, but this was this was going to head that way mm-hmm. at, at some point. That you know, a guy like that with that least amount of experience to go run shotgun with two eleven million dollar players, it's. It's really hard. It's really hard for a guy to come in there and feel like he can fit in while he's trying to figure out all the bells and whistles of this new league. Yeah. Do you want to listen to Sheldon Keefe a yes. little bit on yep. Matthew Nice, clip five? Uh, I think, you know, like Matt's been like that line. I think he's been kind of up and down. Um, if I'm remembering it correctly, I think uh, Nice got stuck out there for a really long shift at one point in time. I just thought it wasn't quite recovered enough. Um, so went with went with Yarncrock in that spot. 
but uh, like, like we've talked about, he's he's got a great size and skill set that clearly shows that he that he should be in this league. Yet he's a young guy that's learning the league and figuring it out. And some of those moments show up. And 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 he's not the only one. You know, we've, Nick Robertson's trying to find the league and figure it out as well. Um, so you know, that's part of the process of of becoming an NHLer, especially for those that don't spend much time, or in nice case, any time in the American League. Just say you benched a guy. Just yeah, he won't throw anyone. It's uh, just like yeah, we benched him last season on our show. We did spend a lot of time talking about a left side that's kind of like the weakest out of mm. your twelve forwards, and kind of leaning that way a little bit because I, two of them are, are rookies, you know, because, you know, if, if, if you got Bertuzzi going, as you just mentioned moments yeah. ago, but now behind Bertuzzi, he doesn't know what to do on the left side. Yeah. Well, we're sitting here every day. We got no person, you know, we can't hurt anyone's feelings or anything. I wouldn't know who to put there. I guess yarn I've thought about it. Like, I don't know who you would play there right now, given Nye's kind of needs. Like, it looks to me like you need to back off him a little bit and let him. When when Nye's struggles or makes a bad play, I, I told you, put Gregor up there. Yeah, okay. Get, get okay. him for a period or a few shifts or something. He's not going to hurt you. No, absolutely not. And frankly, he ran over a couple guys again. Like, this guy cares. He works. He finishes his checks. He can skate. Just he can hit, him. He honestly, can hit the side of a barn now. I honestly feel like, what am I missing with Gregor? Like, what am I? Why do I see him wrong? Because I think he's so good. Like, yeah. I, I think he's very effective. I think he is a guy who can well, play top six. Well, yeah, we can't go up there. I feel like it's one of those things where... Whoa, 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 whoa. easy on the top That's six. what I mean. Well, that's, but that's how we feel when I've, I've yeah, only watched about 20 let's games. Let's just get him up there for a, a couple of shifts in a period. Uh, yeah, like I don't think yeah. he's a top line like an Austin Matthews for the year partner, but like I don't think he's, he's any a guy you can, less effective than... Yeah, let, wet, let him wet, wet the beak. Let him get up there a little bit. Right. Feel it. Anyways. Okay, uh, decor struggling. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, to wrap up uh, what he thinks of his blue line. Been a lot. We've asked a lot of, of, of our guys. You're asking a lot of the guys that are playing more minutes. You're asking a lot of the guys, you know, that uh, like Lagus and Timmons and, and uh, Benoit's of the world that are playing more and playing in different spots. So we're asking, we're asking a lot there, but the guys, are, the guys are managing it. You know, is it a factor? I think some of our... You know, the two goals we gave up in the third there, to me, there's some soft defending there. Like, we just don't close quick enough. Um, perhaps that's some of that stuff that, that you're seeing in those moments. Um, to me, we, we've got to manage those situations better. But credit to the guys, whether it's the situation we're in tonight with six or, you know, how many times through this season we've, we've gotten guys injured and had to play with five. And uh, the, the D core has... You know, for the most part, responded and found a way to keep us hanging around in these games. And it's not like anybody's coming back anytime soon. Uh, Klingberg, we're going to wait and get an official uh, report. Lilligren's got that high ankle sprain. Someone mentioned to me Gio had successful surgery yes. yesterday. It's going to be a while. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while here. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... Many fans last night when I was at the game were too happy to hear uh, Zadorov, Zadorov. How do you? What do you Zadorov. Zadorov. You know that. Zadorov is in Vancouver when everybody felt like for nothing. Somebody was coming from Calgary. 
a fifth and a 2026 third. Yeah, I, I think it's hard optics for, the, for me. Like, I know he's not great, but I think your circumstances sort yeah. of precede you. Like, you look, at, you look at what your decor is now, and there's no way he's not immediately better than three guys. Right. Right? Yeah. Someone had mentioned to me that didn't sound like Calgary's ownership was in any hurry at all to do Brad Tree Living any <sighs> favors. That doesn't sound encouraging for Tanevin Hannafin. I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Wasn't the prettiest finish there, was it, with him? No. Yeah. No, it was not. So I don't know what that does for Tanev, but I know that there are multiple teams calling a lot on Tanev, Mm -hmm. including Brad and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I don't know who... Like there's a, is a much Brad would have a great relationship with Craig Conroy, but Craig's got to go back to people upstairs and say, this is the deal that I have. And they got to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be bad news. If the one team that had available D men who were good, were untradeable with. All right. Let's hit a break for beers. Okay. We got, uh, what are we doing? Yeah, Bob Beers. Oh, I thought we were getting beers. Oh, yeah. Sorry, buddy. It's off the rails Friday. (laughs) Yeah. I do. Maybe we should do a segment called Beers and Beers. I would do a beer. (laughs) I don't think I'm eligible to be on that show. (laughs) That is Bob Beers, the former NHL defenseman we are speaking of and radio analyst for the Boston Bruins as we tee up the Big Bad Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night. Stick around. More Real Kipper after the break. Get smarter when you listen to Hockey Talk, the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee as we uh, wait for Bob Beers to join us. Talk about the Boston Bruins. Let's just uh, go down this path of what we uh, started uh, just before the break, and that is the news of Zadorov being traded to the Vancouver Canucks and uh, leaving the Leafs still looking for help. Yeah. And I'll just start by saying I, I get what Zadorov could bring you, mm-hmm. which is that element of of size and a presence. He also that, shoots in the net sometimes. Yeah. No, listen – yeah, but he's also prone to a few mistakes. Yeah. And thus, the didn't cost you a first round or a second. It cost you a third and a fifth. Yeah. Flames didn't look, too heart, didn't look too heartbroken last night. They beat the, the Stars. I think that was part of this, too. I think there is, you know, he had asked for a trade, and they weren't very happy about it. I think there is some addition by subtraction. Oh, when, let me just say that they wanted him out of the room. Yeah. That, the, like Calgary did. Yes. Yeah. That's why it happens. Nobody November gets traded 30th. in November. Yeah. yeah so he's not perfect. And I think you have to have a real strong room. And maybe that's Vancouver now with Hughes as the captain and a better JT Miller and yeah. PD. Maybe that's the case there. He can just kind of fall in, in, in place there. But I got to think that there's going to be a, 
a growing list of available defensemen as we start seeing teams slowly fall off here. I don't know if it's the worst thing for the Leafs not getting in on Zdorov. Can, can I ask you this, though, both yeah. of you? Yeah. Can the Leafs continue to accumulate points with who they're running out there for half their decor? It's not perfect, Sammy, but... That's for sure. Maybe... I don't necessarily think that asking Joe Wall to save you every night is uh, the right blueprint yeah. to accumulate those points. Yeah. But you assume if his play falls off a little bit... And instead of an A-plus performance every night, he can give you a, a B-minus and you can still find ways to points. For, for points, the problem is right now, based on what we saw the last two games, the Leafs cannot accumulate points unless he is an A-plus. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think for the Leafs, if they don't change something on the back end or find something with their top guys, I think the wheels could come off for a stretch of games. You know, I don't think it's impossible that... They go on a run where they're unlucky. Right now, they're a plus three goal differential team, and somehow they're like ninth in the NHL or whatever. They're third in their division and closer to the Boston Bruins than they've ever been, you know, in years right now, despite the process being off. So I don't think so, Sam. Like, well, we're waiting on Bob Beers, who I think is going to be here in just a minute. Okay. Um, Got him. All right. As promised, let's welcome in Bob Beers, former NHL defenseman, doing a terrific job as the radio analyst for the Boston Bruins. Beersy with the best last name probably in the history <laughs> of the game. How many times have you been told that, Bob? Well, they used to make fun of me when I was a kid, right? But now it's like, you know, we wish you had your last name. We love your last name. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, listen. I can't tell you how many times some of the linesmen called me Eddie, though. Do you remember Eddie Beers? Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he played for Calgary and St. Louis. Yeah, and, uh, was he, was he in Atlanta Flame once upon a time or no? We'll say that again? Was he in Atlanta before they moved to Calgary or was that way after? Um, Good question. I'm not sure. I know he went to the University of Denver. I never met him. I, I don't know him, but uh, not a common last name, so I wish I got to know him a little bit. <laughs> well, listen, we appreciate it. Uh, we know you're coming off of uh, a, a call last night uh, where I think uh, – Boston fans are uh, used to, and that's, uh, you know, a, a Swayman shutout and uh, a convincing win here. But uh, it slid a little bit. But overall, Bob, let's just start with the thought that uh, this was going to be a bit of a transition year with Patrice Bergeron gone and, and Krejci gone. But how have they been able to do this through your eyes? Yeah, well, the first thing, Nick, is, is the goaltending. I mean, it's it's been outstanding all year. Um, when it dipped a little bit, they lost a few games, and and you saw the, the three losses in a row. And I think they're uh, six, four, and two in the last twelve games. So that's you know a far cry from the nine zero and one to start the season. So they're, they're probably somewhere in the middle of that. Um, you know, they're a good team, but the goaltending's been outstanding, and you know, one two combination of you know, either order you want to go with, with, with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark have been really good. And, and those first, you know, 10, 11 games or so, they were, they were stealing them a couple of games. There's no question. Um, there's been a handful of games where the Bruins were, were by far the much better team than whoever they're playing against, but the goaltending has been excellent. Penalty killing goaltending. Um, and then some timely goal scoring as well. So it, it's been a combination of things. It's been real good, but, um, 
you know, it's a long season, and I think reality kind of set in here over the last week or so where they lost those three games in a row. They weren't too happy about it, and, you know, they want to make sure they did something about it. And to be to be quite honest with you, San Jose is, I mean, we know where they are in the standings. They're not a, a, a very good team right now. They're going to hopefully build you know, for something in the future, but the Bruins did what they had to last night, but it was against San Jose and, you know, tomorrow they got to do it against Toronto, which can be a much different, uh, much more difficult task. I don't know if you listen to this show, we're pretty hard on Toronto. We treat them like they're San Jose sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So who's, you know, who has stepped in in the absence of some of their big names there in Boston from last year? I know Pavel Zaka seems like he's having a pretty good season. Um, Who's, who's filling the shoes so capably that the Bruins are once again, number one. Yeah, I mean Zaka and and, um, and Charlie Coyle. I mean they, they've they've taken on a bigger um, role with you know it, not so not only Bergeron and Krejci. I, I actually was interviewing um, you know uh, Jim Montgomery the other day, and he said, I said you know you're missing your two top centers from last year, and you know this and that. And, well, you know why why have things kind of gotten away from you a little bit? And he, and he made mention of Tomas uh, Nosek, who was a really valuable part of the fourth line. And a guy that that Montgomery counted on a lot in defensive situations. So you're missing three centermen from last year, and so you know you move Zaka to the middle. Uh, you've got Charlie Coyle there, who was basically the third line center last year. Uh, he's had a very good start to the year, and then you've got two young guys. You got a kid from uh, from from Ontario and Matt Patra, uh, who's played well for the most part. And you've got John Beecher, who came out of University of Michigan. He played for Providence last year in the minors in the American Hockey League. So um, it's a big difference. And I think if the goaltenders weren't bailing you out, you know, missing some of those centermen that you had that knew the system, that played it very well, that that embraced the system, embraced their roles, it's it's been a little bit of a. I know that the record suggests that they've been really good, but. You know, I, I, I do have to emphasize it's it's been the goaltenders a lot. And there's been other things. I mean, they played well at times, but the, the goaltenders have, have bailed them out. And it's still kind of a work in progress for, you know, them down the middle and um, just incorporating a lot of new faces into the lineup this year. We're talking to Bob Beers, who's helping us set up the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs for a Hockey Night in Canada Saturday night. Uh, as far as Brad Marchand goes, uh, how would you assess his first quarter of the season? It has to be a big adjustment uh, with with no Patrice Bergeron, but still the same look, still the same feel from from uh, from Brad. You know, I, I love him. Um, I know that people in Toronto and people around the league probably don't like him as much, but um, he, he's he's a guy that just cares so much, and and the guy, I think he's. He's putting a lot of pressure on himself right now. Um, you know, he's played with Bergeron since 2010, 2011. They've been, you know, attached at the hip, and you know, they've always been on the same line. They, they, you know, they, you see one guy out there, you see the other guy out there. It's all the time, and now it's it's a bit of an adjustment. Now he's the captain, and he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And I think when he puts a lot of pressure on himself, he tries to do a bit too much, uh, and that's. At least that's what I'm seeing right now, and obviously I'm on the outside kind of looking in, but I do see him every game, and uh, I've seen him over the years. That That's what it looks like to me. He's he's still an elite player, but, you know, he, he's, he puts a lot of pressure on himself and, and to help the team the best that he can, and, and um, 
that's kind of what we're seeing right now. I, I don't know if he would agree with me, but I, I, I think he would deep down. Uh, so, you know, he's hoping to get it going here a little bit. And he's had some chances. It just it, it hasn't really gone for him. He had a really good chance last night on a one-timer from the right-wing circle. Uh, he had a couple of other opportunities. Uh, but I do, I do think that when he is in a situation where he's not producing, he even puts even more pressure on himself. And, and that's what he's trying to kind of fight through right now. You know, when I look at the Bruins roster, kind of top to bottom, the decor is just so good. And that's it's rare in the NHL to be able to have, you know, six pretty good D-men or let alone six very good D-men. Um, but the guy who interests me most is probably Charlie McAvoy. You know, he, I can never tell, is this guy in the, you know, star status tier of defensemen? Or, you know, he seems like someone who still occasionally makes some glaring errors. Tell us about his season as a guy who's been over 50 points a couple of times. How, how has he looked on the back end for the Bruins? Um, pretty good. Uh, yeah. Not not quite where he needs to be, but pretty good. Uh, so they, they made a little change last night, not only to the forward lines, but they made a couple adjustments on the, on the D pairs. And they put McAvoy with Hampus Lindholm, um, kind of a, you know, a pair that, um, that they feel that they can help each other get going in the right direction, if that makes any sense. Uh, they put Matt Grizzlick with, with Brandon Carlo. So it, it, a little bit of a change, and it doesn't always go like that. Sometimes they change it up a bit, like, you know, because McAvoy plays a top power play and then Lindholm plays a second power play. And sometimes when you come off of those, you know, the man advantage or, or shorthanded situations, it, it takes a couple of times or a couple of rotations to get everybody back together. But, um, you know, they played together last night, and I think that they can help each other. Um, I think McAvoy's game is just, it's when he's really on, it's it's strong. I mean, he's he's physical. He had that suspension earlier in the year, and he actually talked about it a bit coming back. You know, he he was a little reluctant to throw that big hit that he's capable of, and you know, the open ice hit. You know, you, you kind of, you know, he 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 knew that he made a mistake there on that hit. Uh, I think it was uh, Ekman Larson uh, from uh, from Florida, but you know, it, he can be. He's a game changer when he's on his game. And he's getting there. It's it's close. It's close. And him and Lindholm can be a really strong pair together. I'm curious what they do tomorrow night. You know, they don't have the last change against Toronto. Uh, do they keep those two together? Do they split them up in case you know there's there's a you know an icing or whatever the case is, and, and you want to make sure that you have the right people out on the ice? So um, curious what they see uh, or what they do tomorrow. We'll find out a little bit more tomorrow at the morning skate. Beersy. Um... As far as uh, the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers, uh, we don't have to go too far to remember that oh, amazing. Nick, Nick yeah. no, don't. <laughs> Just don't even go there. Like <laughs> game seven, overtime, Carter Verhage, uh, Verhage scores the uh, the one that makes the difference here. And yet we're watching uh, both Florida and Boston run one-two in the Atlantic. In your mind, who is the team to beat In, in the Atlantic, in the East? Is that, uh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, just, okay, like Boston sitting atop, I think, three points ahead of Florida, but, like, who do you think ultimately, between now and the trade deadline, needs to make maybe a couple of adjustments? Like, who's chasing who here, um, or, or is it even, or do you see the Boston Bruins better, deeper? Who's, who's the team I, to I beat don't. in the Atlantic? Yeah, I, I don't see them as, as deeper and, and better. I, I see them as, you know, there's a lot of teams that are right around 500 right now. It's kind of a crazy 
season so far. You see, you see all those teams kind of um, um, right around that number. Uh, the Bruins had that nine zero and one start, and six since then they've been six four and two. So it, it, you know what I mean. It, yeah. It's kind of if you get those runs, then you then you kind of distance yourself maybe from some of the other teams. Uh, the Bruins have played Florida twice. They actually played them really well down in Florida uh, last week or a week and a half ago. Uh, Florida was the better team at the beginning of the game, and Linus Allmark was outstanding, and then the Bruins really had some traction there and shut them down in the third period, and I think they won that game 3-1. to one. Um, You know, we, we, we've only seen Toronto once, and that was in at the TD Garden in Boston. Uh, good game. Yeah. usually have good games against them. Well, looking forward uh, to it. Tampa... Yeah, Tampa was good. Tampa was good against the Bruins recently. They they actually took it to them a bit offensively, and the Bruins were off defensively. And I think it was a five four game or something like that. And and Tampa won in overtime. So I, I the usual suspects. I, I guess that's my answer looking for you. Um, and Detroit has beaten the Bruins twice. Looking forward to it. I sorry, I got to cut you off. They're telling me I got like nope. forty seconds to go here. But really appreciate your feedback. <laughs> Have a great call tomorrow night. We're really looking forward to the game. Thanks for doing this. So am I. Thanks, guys. Thanks Bob for Pierce. Me. Thanks. Okay. Really appreciate so who's it. Who's chasing who? Do we, who? Who do you like? Boston or Florida right now? Uh, As more of a complete team. Uh, I'd say Florida. Florida's impressed me the most out of any team I've watched. That Boston decor is too good. Still too good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. So good it measuring is. stick for the it Toronto is. Maple Leafs tomorrow night. <laughs> Russian for beauty. When I say bye bye, I know the timing. I can figure things out. I, when I say bye bye, it's Friday. <laughs> I fell asleep at the wheel. You know, give me a break. Uh, All right. Well, we're not going away for long uh, here. We're going to take a break and we're going to welcome in Doug McLean. Oh, my. I can't wait to hear this one. I know. Bit of bit. Off the Rails Friday continues after the break. Real Kipper and Bourne.